I got caught unawares down here. Anyway, uh, wow, it's good to see all of you today. God bless you. You look really good. You do. You do. You just, you just look so, you just look so cool, so fantastic, hip. Uh, man alive, what a group. Uh, good to see all of you today. Really, seriously, it really is good to see you. Well, this morning, before we um, get into the Word, a couple things I want to mention is that um, next Sunday night is our church family Thanksgiving dinner. And I don't know if you know this, but uh, it's a state law that you have to come. It's a a law. And um, no, seriously, uh, I really, you know, uh, it's our time we come together as a church family. And I want to invite you to invite your friends, to invite your relatives to come together. We're going to have an incredible time together. You know, first of all, it's, it's a potluck, so you sign up at the table out in the front and what you're going to bring. But, uh, but more, even, even more than that, as much as that, um, we, it's, 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 I want you to know, it's not a church service, okay? If you, you, know, you can bring your Bible if you want to, but, um, uh, but, but it's not a church. It's, it's, a, it's a dinner time. It's a time to get together, to play. We've got, we have a, um, a jazz band that's going to be here. Uh, most... How, if, some of you have heard uh, Joanne Leon's jazz band. Um, uh, yeah, so you know, you know you're in for a good treat, right? Yeah, and uh, so they're going to come. It's going to be a fun evening. It's going to have a lot of great things going on. And um, bring your friends. Bring, you know, we'll sit around tables and, you know, we'll have every, every corner packed out around here. But come join us. It's going to be a good, good time. Be sure to stop in the front. Um, and you, you decorate your table, and it's just, it's just fun. It's just fun. Then the next thing is living activities coming up, so we need for you to begin to sign up in, in all of the capacities that you can work in. Again, this is a church, all-church outreach. And when I say all-church, I mean it, it's all-church. If you have friends that want to get involved in it, we need them too. Um, it's just something that it is our way of proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. I always tell you that I would like to drag all of you with me on a short-term outreach to Africa or Haiti or Sri Lanka or uh, where else else ever do we go, you know, India, you know. Uh, I would just drag you, you know, because something happens on an outreach, and I'd like for you to look at this as an outreach because that's what it is. I'd take you to Africa with me, and uh, we would work in the orphans, and we would tell the kids that Jesus loves them, and we would uh, uh, give them uh, just a, a great outlook on life, and then I would drag you uh, about 30 miles away from where we own this land for our center, and I would take you to the Serengeti, and you'd see all these wild animals and everything. You can come here. You can tell people how much Jesus loves them, how much God cares about them, and you can see animals. <laughs> can't see elephants and lions, but you can see uh, you can't see a camel and a, and an irritated llama. Um, so begin to sign up for that as well, because you, your church does need you to to be involved in that. Well, last Sunday um, we prayed about the elections, and some of you were very depressed, and some of you were very happy, and. Um, you know, because it's, it has to do with a lot of um, a lot of um, different points of view and and um, political leanings and concepts, and I, I you know um, one of the things is that I, I I never want to 
tell anybody, A, number one, especially, how to vote or even how I vote. But today I'm going to tell you how I voted. And, um, but I want to share something with you first of all. And I want you to, um, uh, this, is a, this is a test. It's an after the election test. <laughs> and um, it's true or false. I want you to answer, true or false. And then um, what I'm going to, uh, but I'm going to tell you ahead of time. The correct answer is true. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, uh, true or false, after the election, regardless of who won, Jesus will still be king. Okay, true or false, after the election, regardless of who won, our responsibility as Christians will not have changed. Okay, true or false, after the elections, regardless of who has won, the greatest change for social change in America will still be the winning of hearts and minds of men and women through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, true or false, after the elections, regardless of who has won, my primary citizenship will still be in this order. Number one, kingdom of God. <laughs> See, he knows ahead of time, yeah. Okay, um, We'll still be in, in, the, in this order. Number one, kingdom of God. Number two, American. True. Hopefully that's true. <laughs> okay. okay. After the elections, regardless of who has won, the tomb will still be empty. Yeah. After the elections, regardless of who has won, the cross, not the government, will still be where salvation is found. After the election, regardless of who has won, our children will still be more concerned whether or not we spend time with them than who is the president. True or false, after the election is won, uh, after the election regards to who has won, my neighbor will still be my neighbor and loving him or her will still be the second greatest commandment. And what's the first commandment? Love God with all of your heart and your neighbor as yourself. Okay, the sec- next one. After the election, regardless of who has won, the only way to, to see and to save the sanctity of marriage ultimately will be the winning of hearts of men and women through the biblical view of marriage through the gospel of Jesus Christ. True or false? After the election, regardless of who has won, my retirement will still not match my treasure in heaven. <laughs> True or false, after the election, regardless of who has won, Jesus is Lord, will still be the greatest truth of the universe. Yeah, and then the last one, true or false, after the election, regardless of who has won, we will still know that God is in control. Thank you. You know, if you were here on time today, which most of you don't believe in that. Um, <laughs> but if you were on time, you know, I went really long in the first service, and I'm going to go long today, too. I'll tell you that ahead of time, okay? Uh, and so uh, I will try not to go as, you know, too long, but um, there's just certain things that has to be said and just take some time to say it. So uh, I'm not going to keep you till 4 o'clock, 3.30, but no. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I'm not apologizing for it, but I am just saying that I've got some things to say to you as your pastor that I, I believe that God is really stirring my heart to talk with you about. And I'm going to talk with you about the elections. 
there was numbers of people on Wednesday that were just totally bummed out and some that were just elated, you know. Uh, wow, this is great, you know. Things happened the way I wanted to happen or things didn't happen the way I wanted to happen. And, you know, and um, last Sunday we prayed about the elections that God's will would be done. And, you know, it's all, whenever we get into this issue and there's always uh, people who try and to, to, and there's even some, some doctrines and some theologies that build on, on politics as being the answer to God's kingdom. And Jesus never, never talks about that. He says that all, we've talked about the past two weeks, that all authority, all governments are placed by God and we are to be in submission to them whether we like them or not. We, you know, and when they, t- and they, we are not allowed to have rebellious attitudes towards them, no matter what, if they're good or bad or ugly. We are to, to, to honor the government. When they tell us to do something that is unscriptural, it's the place where we keep our attitude in the right place, not as I'll show you nasty attitude, but I am called to a higher authority, and because of that, I cannot do what you're telling me to do. And it's something that has happened in the past where, where some of the religious freedoms in America have been challenged, and especially through the Catholic Church with, with trying to force them to provide something to birth control, which was against their, 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 their theology. Um, my own personal, I mean, I totally believe in birth control, and some people should have practiced it a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> But anyway, um, anyway, um, but still, as we can see, freedoms begin to be whittled away at, and you know, and uh, you know, where are we? And you know, and I just want you to know that God's biggest concern is not to get conservative uh, people into office. His concern is to, for each one of us to have hearts that are submitted in serving Him. And, you know, the question is, is, well, you know, I mean, you know, well, and, and again, I never will, and because this is so far, you know, past our next election, I, I will not, I refuse to tell anybody how to vote, uh, and what, you know, but what I, you know, the thing is, is, well, how would Jesus vote? What's, what is the right thing to do here? Who would Jesus vote for? And, you know, and everybody has their opinion on Jesus and how he, what he would have done. I want, I want to tell you just ahead, you know, front. when I went into the voting booth to vote, I looked at the, the possibilities that I had in front of me, and I said, I cannot vote for anybody. And so I left it blank. I didn't even vote for Roseanne Barr. Uh, <laughs> the reason, you know, and there's a lot of, lot of political uh, wrangling that, that was going on, going on. I, can't, I will not say you need to have the same attitude that I have, but there's something that I feel it's important that I need to speak to you, and then because of where we can be in the future, I do not believe that this was the, the this is, you know, has, and I know, I know it wasn't a showdown of, of, you know, one way or the other. But the Bible says that in the end times when the Antichrist is, uh, arises, that it would be very possible for the, the elect for, to, to be deceived. And sometimes what looks close is, 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 the, is the deception. Now, 
my commitment to the Word of God pushes me to a point that I can have fellowship, Christian fellowship, only with people who say Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. I am not permitted to say, well, if you, you know, if you say that you know, Jesus is kind of a God, he's one of many gods, that's not that point of fellowship that I'm allowed. Now, n- number one, I re- realize that we were not trying to elect a pastor of our nation. We were electing a president. But there was still something deep inside of me. And if, if it wasn't inside of you, don't worry about it. It's no, big, it's no big deal. But I have to tell you this as your pastor ahead of time. The Antichrist is going to come in close. Close. The Antichrist is going to come in with, with the financial solutions. And will we, will we settle for something that's close because it pads our pocketbook or will we be willing to, to face difficult financial times? Because I think we, we, we know, we understand that that's, that's how it's going to play out. That's how it's going to play out. If you, no matter how you vote or who you vote for, I, I, I don't care. Uh, what I, what I, and, and why you voted. I, you know, I don't care. My, my, my concern as the pastor is as we are moving closer to the end times, make certain that we do not sell out for the sake of the buck. Make certain that it's not, well, it, it, it's okay, it's okay. Again, because I was at that place I, I will give you even, I, I try and keep a lot of my personal issues um, out of the pulpit. I, I, I'm sure that I, you know, I do sometimes when I talk about the importance of um, tamales at Christmas time. Um, you know, would Jesus eat in tamales? Yes, he would. Uh, <laughs> anyway. When we, you know, and, and, and again, numbers of presidents that are not God-fears, and that's, that, that's not the issue. But I think that we have to be cautious about where we put our, our, our blessing. We have to be cautious. And you can say, well, Larry, if everybody had your attitude, um, um, there, would be, there would be no election taking place any place. What, what I'm concerned about is not the issue of, of, of politics. And I'm not speaking about politics. I'm speaking about an issue that arises that comes in in disguise of will we, will we sell out? And again, I don't care who you voted for, I'm not saying you sold out. But I'm saying but the time will come when you will be at that point. The time will come to where we, where we, will, where we will have to make that choice. Uh, will I sell out? Will I, will I go the way of what is going to be? Fi- well, it just makes sense. It just makes sense. It just makes sense to do this because if, if this takes place, then I'm not going to be able to eat. I'm not going to be able to buy food for my children. The Bible says that if you don't take care of your family, you're worse than an infidel, and I've got to feed my family. And, and so I'm going I'm to put my trust over here. I'm going to allow this, this power force to, to take care of me in the whole time. As Christians, we've been, we've been, we can be deceived. My concern is, 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 is don't be deceived. 
It's the reason that I didn't talk about this last Sunday or the Sunday before because I don't want anybody to feel motivated or directed. But what I do want you to feel is pushed and shoved towards the heart of God. <laughs> pushed and shoved towards the authority of the Word of God. Where it says, watch out because in the last days, you know, terrible times are going to come. Men are going to be lovers of, of pleasure so, and, more, and lovers of self. You know, and so we know that we're not that close, don't we? <laughs> Uh, we live in a nation that, you know, we, we, you know it's got to please me. We, we love pleasure more than anything. You know, who gets paid the most? Athletes or school teachers? <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know, so, so we, we, we put our, our value in amusement. We put our value in amusement, not on the things that are there. That's sermon number one, folks. Um, I'm going to get into the Word of God now, and that was uh, just a, a point that I, I felt like that I needed to, to share with you. And I know that, again, you know, while we've had presidents that weren't, that weren't God's servers, and, you know, and nothing bad has happened, um, and, but in my own, my own point, because of a doctrinal point of view in Mormonism, that the prophet said, which is the prophet far, far exceeds any written word, but the words of the prophet, the, the prophet that said, the, the, the God of Christianity is the Satan of Mormonism. And because of that, I, I, I felt like that I, I do not have the right. There's certain things I don't have the right to, to was to, I don't have the right to, to uh, because Jesus came to give life. I do not have the right to, to vote for 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 it's pro-abortion, I cannot do that. Again, if it comes to the point where where it's it's where both are that point, then I ha I have I, I have freedom of choice. My choice is I don't have to vote. I'm going to vote for Jesus by 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 not voting. I know Willie tried to write Jesus in, and they wouldn't let him. <laughs> now, as a church family. My, my goal is that we think, that we, we hear the voice of God, that we are going our directions and not, 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 not being carried away by, by the waves of, of, of things that's going on around us. What is politically acceptable? What is politically cool, politically good? Well, don't you know that the Billy Graham Association removed Mormonism from the list of cults? Yeah, and I know why. The reason they did it was not because they, because they changed their mind on it. They did it because it was beginning to be a political point. People were saying, this is what Billy Graham says, this is what Billy Graham says. And so they did it just to, to, so that the Billy Graham Association would not be used as a political ploy, not because Billy Graham has softened his theology on who Jesus Christ is. And the enemy can take some points like that and try and get us to, 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 to water down. Um, and, and try to, to get us to compromise. We've talked about compromise and, and rebelling towards authority and doing things that look right and sound right. And today we're going to continue along that message, and today I want to talk to you about the promise of protection. Let me, let's, I want to shift gears by, by prayer, okay? okay? Okay, Father in heaven, we, we, we come before you now, and um, I pray, Father, that we will be men and women of God who 
like your word says, that in regards to evil, we are infants, but in regards to what is righteous, that we are adults. And I pray, Father, that we will be able to think like adults and hear your word and respond accordingly and not base things on what the world around us is doing, but instead we are basing our lives on, 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 on the authority of Jesus Christ and who he is and the power of the cross and looking to no place else other than the cross to, 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 to go before us. And we thank you for your faithfulness and, and blessed be your name, Lord Jesus. Now I'm going to ask you to do me one thing, one favor, and that is if you want to argue with me about it, would you call me this week? No, do it today. Um, after preaching a sermon, I'm sure you all know this, but you get really weird. I'm sure when you preach sermons, you get kind of touchy. Um, so if you, if you disagree with me, you're, you're welcome to, and you can call me and argue with me and tell me I'm wrong. But um, would you do it this week, not today? Um, uh, for a whole bunch of reasons. I want to keep Sunday holy and sanctified. And, and, um, but, but the most important message that I want you to hear is don't be deceived. Watch closely for deception. Watch closely for it. Watch closely. The promise of God's protection. You know, that, that God loves his kids. He wants to protect us. And his whole, his whole goal has always been to protect us. In Isaiah in chapter 26 and verse 3, the word of God says, and not on your outline on your bulletin, number one is, is, is God is, that there is a perfect uh, protection, a perfect peace that God has t- called us to. But uh, in Isaiah in chapter 26, okay, you will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. And, and this is the issue that we want to look at is, you know, our, a mind of peace because why? Because we're trusting in God and we're not trusting in politics. We're not trusting in anybody around us. And we're putting our trust in our faith in God. And my, my question to you this morning is, do you trust God? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, yeah, I do. I, I trust God, you know. And, you know, and the issue is, is, and that trust has to be displayed. You know, do you, do you give uh, him things and then go back and take them away from him. That's, you know, as, as, you know, it's not just as Americans. As human beings, we're all control freaks. Some of you are better at it than others. Uh, <laughs> but, but we're all control freaks. We all want to be in control of, of everything. And God, I want to trust you. And God, I'm going to tell you how I can trust you. God, I'm going to tell you where you can get involved and where you can lead and where you can guide because, God, I trust you. Well, you know, yeah. Um, but, you know, do we really have that issue of the lordship of Jesus Christ in those areas of our lives? Do we, do we trust God in, in those emotions inside of us? Are we, are we trusting God with, with our hurts? I was wounded. Am I trust God or am I trying to get my pound of flesh? Um, do we trust God in, in those issues of, of our future? Yeah, I trust God for my eternity, but do we trust God for the next 40, 50, 60, 70 years? Are we trusting God with, 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 with tomorrow? Do we trust God with our sexuality? Oh, we don't talk about those things in church. And do we trust God with our finances? You know, and do we, are we living it out in the way that is prescribed biblically? You know, am I, 
Am I I'm allowing the presence of God to, to work inside of my heart and my soul? And am I, am I moving ahead? And am I humble before God? You know, there was a great movie out a couple of, uh, a few months back. I, it might have been three or four years now. I don't know. I show how much I go to movies. But I, I saw this one because it was just something fascinated me. I mean, I love, I love movies about animals and about horses. Um, I, I, I love Secretary. I'm not talking about, I mean, I know it was a racehorse. About, I understand all that. But wow. Wow, what, what an incredible. Seabiscuit. Wow, what great movies about just the heart of an animal. And you, know, and you see what happens when, when, when this animal is broken. And they, they understand what they were made to do. But the movie um, War Horse, you know, it's, it's you know, sad, but man, what an incredible, you know, you know good story, good storyline. But, but, but a war horse is, is a horse that, that is a special type of a horse. They are, they are they're, they're trained to, to act and to react and to do certain things. And for them to, to be a good war horse, they have to be broken. From, and I understand something, that a war horse is not a, spirit, a spiritless horse. It is not a horse that is, that is, is fearful and is not doing anything. It's a horse that, that has done something. And they have learned to submit to authority. Broken does not mean weak and spiritless. Broken means submitted to authority. As a matter of fact, a horse that has no spirit, that has no, that has, that has no strength, is, is, not a, is not a true usable horse. It's usable for glue. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but his master is his rider. If the horse is successfully broken and successfully trained, that he can be trusted in any circumstance, in any situation, that in, in the heat of battle, the war horse is not going to jump because a cannon is going off over here, because there's gunfire coming from a rifle between his ears. Anybody ever shot a rifle from a horse? You don't want to ever do that, trust me. Um, I, it wasn't a rifle, it was a handgun. And, um, and uh, as I was laying on the ground, uh, <laughs> but, you know, you see horses in movies where they're shooting the rifles off the horses, you know, yeah, right. Uh, but when, when a horse has been trained, been trained for, for battle, that he submits himself to the will of the rider. The things going on around him does not control him. And no matter what is taking place, if it is guns, if it's cannons, if it's arrows, if it's, a, if it's swords, no matter what it is, he is there because he is under control. The Bible says to humble ourselves under the hand of God and he will exalt us, he will lift us up. The word humble, most of you know this because you've been around the church and I, I talk about it quite a bit and it's used in many places, but the, the horses that the Roman soldiers used in their chariot races... You know, you know, you see them. You see their nostrils flared out, and they're, 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 they're spitting, you know, saliva out. Saliva, you know, they're, they're, they're sweating. Every muscle is tense. They're running like crazy. You know what? You know what they were? They were humble horses. They were called humble. Does that look humble? 
Humility is power under control. And these horses were humbled. They were a power under control. They were under the control of, of, of their rider, of that person that was, had charge of the reins. And, and God tells us that we are to be humble, that we are to be power under control. And if you want to be used by God, then we have to be under his control. If we want God to, to, to lead us and to guide us and to direct our lives, then he, we must let him lead us and guide us and direct our lives and not say, God, thank you, I'll take it over from here. Um, again, you know, the number one song in heaven is not going to be, I did it my way. It will be a hit song, be number one someplace, but it won't be in heaven. It will be sung by a lot of people. And they're going to sing, I did it my way, and look where, it ended, look where I ended up. Separated from God for eternity. Now, when God begins to work on us, he begins to, to work with those issues to where we have something that's in the way. Where pride begins to come in, begins to, to, to get in our way, and pride begins to, to block off God's blessings. God will begin to show us that we've got pride in the way. I had, Josh and I had lunch this week with Willie, and he, he told us, he shared something, and I, I got his permission to share this story, so, so um, I'm not telling on Willie. Okay. But, you know, Willie said, you know, I, I was in a place of my finances to where I was expecting a breakthrough, and there was never a breakthrough. Well, if I'm wrong, tell the story. Correct me, okay? You know, no, that's wrong, Pastor. <laughs> but I was expecting, you know, the breakthrough never came, you know. And, you know, you know God, I'm, I'm tithing. And your word says that, that uh, and God's word does say that if we, if we bring our tithe to the Lord, that he will, he will bless us. You know, that, you know, when we're robbing from God, we're not going to have God's blessing. So God, I'm, I'm bringing the tithe. I'm, I'm giving my offerings. I'm helping other people that are in need. But I'm not seeing this breakthrough that I need to see. I've got a financial problem. And I'm, I'm in trouble. Is it pretty fair, Willie? And he said, God spoke to him and said, your issue is your pride. You've, you need a breakthrough and you need to go to your home group and tell them that your pride is in the way that you, you know, that you need to say, I'm in trouble. And I need to confess to, to my home group that my pride is in the way. And as Willie dealt with that issue, so, you know, my, my pride is in the way of God blessing me. I mean, all the other pieces are in a row, but there's one thing, there's one point where the rider on my back is saying, you're not humble here. And as Willie humbled himself to his home group and said, my pride is in the way. I'm, 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 when it comes to finances, I'm a prideful man. Successful businessman. Successful in, 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 in what I do in life. But I'm facing a really tough time financially. And I'm, I'm in trouble financially. And as he confessed that, as he humbled himself, and then, okay, God says, okay, now, and then in Willie's words that the next day that the breakthrough took place. The very next day the breakthrough took place. And 
You know, and as I was, you know, hearing that, yeah, that's right, God, get them. Get everybody, get them. God says, Larry, your pride's in the way. Let's talk about Willie, God. <laughs> you know what Willie did, you know. You know, we have coming up an outreach in our church. And very honestly, my dear friends, we don't have the money to finance it. And my pride as a pastor, as the leader of the church, as the gatekeeper of the church is, well, it's going to be okay, folks. We're going to make it. It's going to be all okay. And God spoke to me and said, Larry, I had really tell you that story because your pride's in the way of the next thing that has to take place in the church. And I want to stand before you as your pastor and I want to apologize for my pride of being in the way of blocking off the blessings of God financially in the church. My pride got in the way of not wanting to get up in front of the church and say, folks, we, we're financially, we, we've got a problem. Financially. We, we're, we're in a place to where, where there's a difficulty. And where I have sinned against my church, I ask for your forgiveness. And I want my pride to be out of the way. I want my, my issues of selfishness, of I don't want to look like a, uh, I don't want to look like, like a weak leader, look like a, a person that can't raise funds for, 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 God's, for, God's, for what God wants to do. And God says, that, that's your pride, Larry. You're not trusting in me. You're trusting in your own skills and your own ability. I want you to cut it out. And then my next thing was, and God will, he said. <laughs> no. It's got to be, okay, Lord, I want to learn from this from the next step. And God, where, where, where do we go from here, God? And what do you want me to do? How do you want it to look? You see, the Bible says in Psalms in chapter 51, verse 16 and 17, it says that, You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would have bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. The sacrifice of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. And God, you will not despise. You know, in those places where you're not experiencing victory, if it is in your, what we mentioned earlier about the lordship of Jesus in your family, in your child rearing, in your finances, in your sexuality, in, 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 your, in, your, in your future. And that God looks for that broken, that contrite heart, not the person whose pride is in the way and is blocking off what, 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 what God wants to do. But God, I, I need your help in this area. God, I, I failed in this area. In chapter 34 in Psalms, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And my, my encouragement to you is, is that in these places to where God wants to, to work in our lives, to, to break us, God does not want to, to, to rub our faces in the dirt and tell us we're losers. We've already done that to ourselves. 
But what God wants to do is to take that last vestige of rebellion, of, of pride, and of, uh, that, that gets in the way and say, God, I need for you to be the Lord of my life and the ruler of my life. I need for me to get out of the way and to let you be the, the one that's in control. God, I want, I want to go through some, 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 some work through your Holy Spirit to straighten things in my life up that, are, that may be out of, out of focus and out of the, in, in the wrong way, place. John Revere, one of his writings, says, this breaking process is uniquely accomplished in each individual in accordance with the prescription of the Lord himself. In other words, the way that God broke somebody else and the way that God took care of that rebellion in one person's life and that pride in one person's life. And remember, remember what, like a couple weeks ago as we were studying what, how Lucifer, Lucifer fell, what was that thing that, that was found in his heart that caused the, that sin? What was that? Say pride. Good, 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 yeah. <laughs> it was Pride. And as God comes in, it's not that he wants to humiliate us. He knows that that pride is going to be the thing that's going to get us to sing, I did it my way. And what God wants to do is he wants to break that pride because that's going to ultimately separate us from God. He goes on to say he is the only one who knows when the process is truly complete and when you are prepared for the manner of service that he desires to bring through you. Each new level brings another round of breaking. Don't you just want to hear that? You know, that as, as we get through one season in our life, God says, okay, that's good. Now then let's go, to the next, let's go to the next level. And let's break this issue of pride and of rebellion that's in the way. Let's bring, you know, let's just get rid of this. This is a thing that we give out to, to our, to, to new believers. It's called Welcome to the Family, and I want to read a part of it to you. And he says, to be Christ-like, you must develop the mind of Christ. The New Testament calls this material, I mean, this mental shift, repentance, which in Greek means literally to change your mind. You repent when you change the way that you think by adopting how God thinks about you, about yourself, about God, about other people, your life, your future, and everything else. You take on Christ's outlook and perspective. We are commanded to think the same way that Jesus thought. Stop thinking like children in regards to evil and be infants. But in your thinking, be adults. And my, my encouragement at this point is as I'm speaking to you, and some of you may not have stepped across that line of faith yet, Maybe you've never given your life to Christ. So you're, you're concerned the claims of Christ and there's some things about it that, that are attractive and something, some things that you want to do, but, but nonetheless, you're a little um, hesitant because there's certain things that don't make sense. And what I would ask you to do is to pay attention to your heart of knowing that something is not right in your heart. But there's something that says, I'm, I'm undone, and I need to get everything back into proper perspective. I need to get to that place to, to where, where life is making sense again. And that comes when you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. 
And yes, as a matter of fact, from that point on, you will continually be going through, through, through times of, of, of choosing to, to be obedient to God. It has nothing to do with your salvation. That took place when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. When you said, I'm giving you my life. But from that point on, there's going to be times that God is saying, now then, for you to continue in who you are in me, you're going to need to do this. It's going to need to look this way. You're going to need to make this choice, this decision. And all of us, we're going to always be at places to where we are choosing to make that decision. Revere goes on to say, I remember well past processes that I've been through. All too often, I fully believe that I was ready and fit for the next level of service long before I actually was. I confidently declared, I am fully submitted to your authority, and I know that I am ready for the ministry that you've called me to. Yet the mature believers who surrounded me knew that I was far from broken. And sure enough, I headed into another round of kicking and squirming and fighting for my rights. And when we are in that place of fighting for our rights and making sure that we get it our way, it's a sure sign that God is saying, I'm not Lord yet. I may be your Savior, but when it comes to Lordship, there's some things that are out of control and you need to allow me. I'm going to tell you something, friends. I'm going to tell you something. This is one of those sermons that I hate to preach, and I'm going to tell you why. Because I get it first, not you. And God is saying, Larry, look at this. And my next thing is, but Willie. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, we, all want to, yeah, we, all, we all want to throw it on somebody else. I mean, you know, John did it. You know, Jesus said, you know, Jesus, you know, Peter did it about John. Jesus says, you know, you know, you know uh, if I want to have you live. And Peter says, what about this guy? He says, it's none of your business. It's none of your business. I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about John. If I want to have him live till I come back, that's, 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 that's my business. None of yours. I'm working with you, Peter, not, not John. And God wants to work with uh, each one of us on a personal level of how he wants to take us. No, this is not the type of, of, of a sermon that gets everybody all excited and, and all, all thrilled and, you know, we, we feel great. But you feel great when you know I'm obedient to the Lord and I'm serving God. This is a hard message on Christian growth and maturity. It's a hard message on building a foundation that God can build our church on. And that God can build a very strong, strong building on people who are submitted, who are war horses, that are serving God because they know that because they, they, they have given God their lives. And they see God alive and they see God working and God doing great and mighty things. There's a story in the Old Testament of, about David when he was, he, he had his men and they were out doing battle and and there was one guy, there's a group of people, they needed David's protection. David protected the sheep. He protected the, the shepherds and gave them protection. And a little later on, David is hungry. And he goes to the owner of the, of the sheep, the owner of this, the very wealthy owner of this, of this group of people. Or the, you know, and he says, uh, I'm, I'm hungry. Would you give me some of, your, from some of your food so I can feed my, my soldiers? And the guy laughs. And he says, who are you? Get away. Just buzz off. Leave me alone. David got angry, and David was going to go and, and kill this guy. He was going to go and take revenge because the guy owed him. He was, in, he was in debt to David. He wouldn't have had what he had if it hadn't been for David protecting it. 
And instead of saying thank you, and, and he, he, he dishonored David. And the guy's wife goes to David and says, David, my, my husband is a fool. It says his, his name, his name is Nabal. His name is, was, which means, translated means fool, means not head. <laughs> it's my own personal translation of Hebrew, okay. You know, my, my, my husband's a not head. You know, he's, 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 he did a dumb thing here. But what she does, and if you have your Bibles, you want to turn and read this, look at Samuel in chapter 25, and um, starting in verse, verse 23, and when Abigail saw David, she quickly got off of her donkey and bowed down before David with her face to the ground, and she fell at his feet and said, my Lord, let the blame be on me alone. She didn't do it, but she's saying, let the blame be on me. Please let your servant speak to you and, and hear what your servant says to me. May, may the Lord pay no attention to that wicked man, Nabal. Now, I'm going to do something here as I'm reading this to you. I'm going to, there's, if you're reading it in your Bible, you'll see that there's a small case, Lord, and in some places, a capital, where it's capital where it is. We know that as we're reading the, the word capitalized, Lord, it means Elohim. It's reference towards God. And here she's saying, you're my Lord, you're my master, you're my overseer. You're the guy in control right now. You're the guy with the weapons, you're the guy with the, with the army. And so may my Lord, uh, may my overseer, have, pay no attention to that wicked man Nabal. He is just like his name. His name is Fool. And folly goes with him. But as for me, your servant, I did not see the men that my master sent. Now, since the, the Lord, since uh, Elohim has kept me, has kept you, my master, from bloodshed and from avenging yourself uh, with your own hands as, as surely as Elohim lives and as you live, may your enemies and all who intend to harm uh, my master, you, be like Nabal. May, they, may anyone who harms you be, be, be fools. And let this gift which your servant, which I am bringing to you, to you, my master, and give it to the men who follow you. Please forgive your servant's offense, for Elohim will certainly make a lasting dynasty from my, you, my master, because he fights for Elohim's battles. Let no wrongdoing be found in you as long as you live. Even though someone is pursuing to take your life, the life of my master will be bound securely in the bundling of the living by the Lord your God. In essence, may God give you protection. May God give you that, that perfect protection. May God give you that promise of protection because you're doing something God's way. But the lives of your enemy that he will hurl away from the pocket like, like a sling. And when the Lord has done for my master every good thing that he promised concerning him, and he appointed him leader over Israel, my master will not, uh, my master will not have his conscience staggering with the burden of needless bloodshed or having avenged himself. 
And when the Lord has brought my master success, remember me, your servant. Abigail goes to David and she says, it's my fault. She's an intercessor. She's taking on the sin. It's a part of my household and God and, and, and David, my master, would you forgive me that a part of my household did this? She's not saying, she does say my husband is a fool. She does say that. But she's not saying, and I'm out of here. The guy's a jerk. Go, go get him. Go get him, David. Kill him. He, he's, he's an idiot. He needs to die. She said, no, no, it's me. It's my fault. It's my fault. She identifies with the need. As Americans, we are called to identify with the need, not say, oh, the, the, you know, it, it, it's all horrible and I have no part of it. We need to stand before God and say, God, I and thy people have sinned. If my people who call by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. It doesn't say if they, if they will finally elect the right people in office, then I, God, will have the authority to act and to move. But if you guys will go out and campaign hard and get the right people put in office, then I can finally be God in America. He says, if my people who call by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. It doesn't say if, you know, if, 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 if the politicians will turn from their wicked ways. It says, if, if the Christians will turn from their wicked ways, put their trust in me, then I'm going to be able to heal their land. And this issue with, 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 with Abigail going before David, she, 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 address, she, she addresses David with respect. You're, 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 the, you're in control here. You're the one in control. And she took the gifts to show that she was caring for his needs. She took gifts to say, okay, the need wasn't met, but I'm here to take care of the need now. And she interceded. She took responsibility for, for this, and she called it her trespass. You know, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to identify with this. It's not he did it. It's, it's I'm the one here. Next thing is that she pointed out that it would be a sin for David to, to with, with great respect, not in a, an accusing way, but she pointed out that it would be a sin for him to take revenge. Let God do it. The Bible tells us to, that we are to let God take revenge. The Bible says, you know, the vengeance is mine, I'll repay. You don't get in the way. Once we do that, then, then we are not uh, trusting in God. We've taken matters into our own hands. We're walking around, we're saying, I did it my way. God buzz off. But, but as, as, as Abigail is, is, is interceding, you know, she is saying, you know, David, don't do this. Don't do this. Because it would be a sin for you to, to, to take revenge yourself here. And she says, and David, if you do that, then, you know, God's going to continue to bless you and you're going to be leading the nation of Israel. And David, by the way, when, uh, when all this has taken place, don't forget who I am. What took place is, no, David did not kill Nabal, but in the next week he was killed. But it wasn't at the hands of David. He, he didn't shed that blood. Did David remember Abigail? Yeah, he really did. He married her. Um, they want to get into that one right now, but uh, it's <laughs> interesting story, interesting story. What I'm saying is intercession is not ignoring the trespasses, but rather it's acknowledging it. And, and, and God wants to use broken people to intercede. God uses those people that, that they understand and then they will pay attention and they will intercede and they will step in and they will say, God, 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 I've sinned here. This is a part of my trespass. And God, forgive me of it. And God, would you, would you, would you, would you do the proper thing here? 
And we see David who, who got, God did bring revenge. The Bible tells us for us to leave room for, for God's revenge. We do it or God's going to do it. But I want God to do it right now. I don't know about you, you know. I want to leave room for God's revenge now. <laughs> and God is saying, back off, Larry. I'll do it my way, my time. On your outlines, number two, and I, I, yeah, don't, don't panic. The next three points are going to go very quickly, okay? Um, number two in the outline is, is that we have, to, we, have, we have to ask God for help. That help comes from God. It's going to come from God in, in, in Psalms in chapter 121. The Bible says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? Go ahead, go ahead and go to verse 8 now. The Lord will watch over uh, your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. My help comes from God. And God's going to watch over that, that f- now and, and forever. He's going to be there. He's going to be leading me. He's going to be guiding me. But I've got to, can you go, God, my help comes from you. It doesn't come from my ability to help myself, but it comes from my ability to put my trust and my faith in you. And number three on your outline that you have on your bulletin is that saying what the word says. Saying what the word says. Are we in agreement with, with, with the word of God? You know, are we seeing things to the possibilities of, of, of what God says? Or are we listening to, to the negative voice of the enemy? Things are bad and getting worse. Do you see that problem you're facing with God's answer in it? Do you see that problem you're facing with, 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 with the mark of God on it? Do you see your marriage as being healthy? Do you, do you see your finances as being healthy? You know, to, to have those things happen, you have to be doing them God's way. You have to be doing what the Word of God says and uh, applying that to your life. Do you see your children growing up and serving God? Then you have to be, what the Bible says, to raise them up and that then they will not depart. Do you see other people around you as your brothers and sisters in Christ and are you doing what the word of God says? Are you submitting to them? Are you, are you dealing with your, your stuff with your brothers and sisters in Christ in your home group? Pray with me about this situation in my life. I've got an issue here that I need to have you pray with me about and agree with me on. Are you encouragers? Are you encouraging people around you? Are you using those things to, to find the good in people and to praise it? Are you, are you taking those things and saying, I see these good things inside of you. And I want to encourage you to step out and I, I see what God is doing. And, then, and as, as, as a church family, as we are growing and as God is, is doing some things to, to, to build on a foundation, a strong foundation, the next point is point number four. We have to act in faith. We have to act in faith. We can't just sit around and do nothing. We can't just come and study the Bible. When God is speaking to us, then we, we're out doing it. When God is, is working in our hearts and our lives and we are, we are saying, yes, God, I'm agreeing with, with what you're doing. I am, I am submitting myself to the Lord and I'm putting on the whole armor of God. And I, I'm, I'm prepared for, I want to be that war horse that is prepared for battle. I'm going to go, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to serve him the right way. And I'm going to have that promise of God's protection in my life because I've, in, I've invited God to be the writer 
to be the controller, to be the Lord of my life. And he is, as a matter of fact. It's not me demanding my rights. It's not me saying, yeah, but I've been doing it. It's no God. Whatever you say, I want to submit to you. I want to be under your authority, God. But ask the worship band to come to the front. As they're coming, I want just to, to, to encourage you of hearing this message and knowing that, that God is, is intent on moving his kids closer to him. God doesn't want to humiliate us and to embarrass us. We've already done that. God wants to, to, to build us up. Humble yourself so that he can build you up. When I was a kid, my, my mother had this little thing. She cut out a magazine. She'd stick it on my wall every day. I would take it down every day. And she would put it up every day. And it was a little, little, little clipping, and it was, it was entitled, The Boy That We Like. I guess you wanted people to like me. I guess I had social problems. I don't know. But, uh, but the, summation of it, the summation of it was simply this. You never, te- you never tear down other people to build yourself up. And you know, and this is just simply the breath of God and why encouragement in the body of Christ is so important. Speaking those words that, that edify. Speaking those words that, 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 that are those things that, that causes the body of Christ to grow. And so today, as, we, as I send you home and I send you out into to the week, my encouragement to you is, oh yes, by all means, not only trust in the Lord, but realize that God is leading you and God is guiding you. And as a matter of fact, God is seeking to, to break you. You don't want to hear that. We want to hear that, you know, we are more conquerors through him that loves us so. And we want to hear, I mean, and that's true. But the balance of it is that God is saying, I want to be the Lord of your life. If I send an Abigail into your life that says, don't go out and kill that fool, then don't go kill that fool. God will take care of it. God will take care of it. If you've never stepped across that line of faith, today should be the day that you do that. The presence of the Holy Spirit is here and he's speaking to hearts. There are many of us, especially me, if you're getting hit by this message, tough. (laughs) But the Lord's just just tearing me up over this message and he's showing me places in my own life that he wants to deal with. And I've been saying, God, stay over here. And he said, I don't want to stay over there. I I want to get involved in this part of your life, Larry. But if you've never stepped across that line of faith, you've never started that walk with God, you've never done that thing that we, we, I read to you out of our little pamphlet here, to where you've turned, you, you're starting to walk the other direction. Change the way that you're thinking. Let today be the day that you say, God, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. From here on out, I want my life to be on a continual process of learning to think the way that Jesus thinks. If you've never stepped across that line of faith, you've never given your life to Christ, you've never repented, there's all kinds of word pictures the Bible uses to describe it. If you've never done that, you've never been born again, born from on high, you've never been saved, let today be the day that you say, God, I'm giving my life to you. And from here on out, I want to think the way that you think. I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And 
if you want to step across that line, you want to give your life to Christ today, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Close the service. I'm going to ask you to come to the front and meet with me. But you say, you know, I know that I need to do it. I'm going to ask you to do something that's between you and me and the Lord right now, and that is just simply to, to raise your hand and say, Pastor, today is the day that I'm giving my life to Christ. I choose to, to follow him today. I'm choosing to follow the Lord today. I'm choosing to step across that line of faith for the first time and serve Christ. That's just to signify that by just raising your hand. Ask if you all stand with me. I want to encourage you as the church family just to continue to, to, to bring your, your friends and your loved ones who, who don't know Christ. You know, this past week we've had um, uh, at least two people, I mean, three people that have given their life to Christ this, in our church this week. And. You know, it's happening because you're praying, because you're bringing your friends. I want to encourage you to keep doing that. Keep doing that. And Father, bless this offering. And Father, I pray that the kingdom of God will be advanced. God, as I move my pride out of the way, Lord, and confess, God, that we, we need to... to see a financial blessing to meet the need in front of us. I pray, God, that you would do a miracle financially here. I pray, God, that this church will be blessed financially. In front of my church family, I repent of pride of saying, I'll do it my way. God, I pray that we done your way. Give you glory, we give you praise. Now bless this offering that the name of Jesus Christ can be boldly proclaimed. Amen.